This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns later in the week after enjoying a vacation. I hope you're well today. It's great to have you along here on Fight Back. And I want to encourage you to stay around for the entire hour. In the second half of the show, we're going to pay tribute to the victims and first responders of the Young Street van attack, which happened one year ago today. And I want to hear from you, your memories of that day, how it affected you personally, your children, grandchildren, whether it changed the way you think about our city and your security and freedom in the city, the people of Toronto. We will have that discussion, so I look forward to hearing from you. First, though, We know Zoomers are voters. Research shows that 75% of Canadians, 55 and older, go to vote in elections. Primarily, the numbers always get higher the bigger the elections. So we have a higher turnout for federal, then provincial, then municipal. And when it comes to CARP members, that percentage increases to over 90% participation. As you heard there on Bob's News, Ontario's chief electrical electoral officer has issued 13 recommendations to provide easier access to polling stations at schools and to keep children safe. Greg Asenza says in his report, schools play a foundational role in running elections, and while Elections Ontario pays for security, the safety of children would be enhanced if voting was moved to a day when classes are not in session. He also points out that an additional benefit of having election day on the weekend or a school holiday would be to get young people to work and take part in the election itself. But voting is fairly seamless in Ontario. In the June 2018 provincial election, the report says over 5.7 million valid ballots were cast. And out of 7,600 election day voting locations, only nine polls experienced problems and required extended hours. And despite the concern for safety going forward. There don't seem to be any issues with safety for students in the process we have now. Asenza is also looking to extend the 29-day election period in Ontario to help elections run smoothly. Let's talk about voting. We have a federal election coming up in October, and today there is a provincial election in PEI where voter turnout is around 80%. Think about that. 80%. Last June, for our provincial election here in Ontario, turnout was just 58%. And that was up from 51% in 2014. I want to know if you vote and why. Do you take a pass on your right to vote, or would you not think of such a thing? How important is voting for you? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Joining us to discuss, Aleem Kanji, VP of Government Relations at Sutherland Corporation. Nice to have you here again, Aleem. 
Good afternoon. What do you think of the suggestions offered by the province's chief electoral officer? Are these really the issues when it comes to voting in Ontario? Well, look at uh, you know I think if you if you look at the question of accessibility, um, you know certainly when schools are um, are closed, uh, there there will not be the issues around um, uh, you know impeding children's safety. Because uh, they're obviously not in school, and you know the other thing as well is that you can also uh, have children, uh, youth, and kids uh, participate in the electoral process. Something that I think uh, has really been reserved really for for Zoomers in the past. You see a lot of uh, uh, you know older folks that are helping with the electoral process, which is phenomenal. But opening this up and, and, and you know getting kids engaged with civics. Um, and the electoral process and working election day, I think would be pretty, uh, would be pretty neat as well. We got to keep in mind though that the majority of, of voting happens, uh, in the afternoon and, and the evening, uh, timeframe. And so, um, you know, doing this on the weekend, will it really open, open things up? Uh, it's questionable. I mean, it would put us into a category of, of countries around the world. And I can go through some of them that have voting on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays. Places like Italy, Mexico, Russia, uh, Turkey, even France uh, and New Zealand. Um, whereas here in North America, um, in, in certainly in the United States and Canada, uh, we have that reserved for uh, a weekday, uh, smack dab in the middle of the week. Right. But then we ensure with that as well that people are generally around during the week, whereas on the weekends they may be out of town. Uh, and so it, it seems to have evolved to making it an accessible day of the week for everybody who's going to go and vote more so than on the weekend or a stat holiday. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is partially true. But I'll tell you something, Jane. I think the best way to get people out to vote is to make it even more accessible and the way you do that is by ensuring people can vote electronically. Uh, and, you know, look, we live in a, a day and age where you can get a mortgage, uh, buy a car. I mean, you, you could even find your, your life partner by going online. But we can't vote. And I think it's high time that, that we look at electronic voting as, uh, as a solution. And, and I'll tell you something, you know, in places like Australia where it's mandatory to vote, um, you could even look at this as a revenue tool for governments to impose a fine if people don't go out and exercise uh, their democratic right uh, to vote. I think it should be mandatory. I think it'd be a great revenue tool for for cities, municipalities, uh, for the province, for the feds, uh, to ensure that uh, that folks vote. That's the way to get people, I think, to the polls. Are we there yet? Probably not. But uh, I think we, we, we we've got a case to to uh, to ensure that people do vote and, uh, and and bring them out to the polls. You bring about an interesting discussion point. I'd like to hear from you out there listening as well. What do you think about Aleem's idea that if you don't vote, you would be fined? That you're that it becomes mandatory to go out and exercise your franchise, whether it's a municipal election, an Ontario election, or a federal election. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six. 
1-866-740-4740. Aleem, some of the, I mean, it seems to me when you look at the most recent voter turnout numbers for people in Ontario. So the most recent election was the municipal election last fall. 41% turnout of uh, voters here in Toronto who could have voted. Only four in 10 did that. 58% in the election where Doug Ford was elected premier last June. And when Justin Trudeau was elected prime minister in 2015, there was 68.5% voter turnout, which is pretty good for Canada, but still overall disappointing when you think about those who fought to get the vote, especially uh, uh, the reason why I never miss a vote is because I know how hard the women fought a hundred years ago for us to have the vote. No question. And and it is disappointing. I think those numbers should not be less than than 100 percent. And, you know, there's ways around uh, uh, doing this as well outside of uh, mandatory voting. Let's look at the Alberta election last week. And, you know, you saw a a massive turnout of advanced voting. Almost 700,000 people came out to vote in advance. That's a that's 30 percent of the total electorate that voted in Alberta in advance uh, in, in the election. And I know that they even had um, advanced voting at the airport for departing travelers. I mean, we've never seen that uh, here in uh, Ontario. Um, I think it'd be phenomenal to allow that convenience uh, to have voting uh, in, uh, in airports, uh, perhaps in hospitals as well. Um, these are all government-run uh, uh, institutions that, 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 you know, could allow for that convenience um, before we move to uh, uh, electronic voting. But I think if you look at the federal election, uh, you know, it was really a change mandate in terms of bringing uh, uh, Justin Trudeau in, whether that happens in October, let's see. And certainly in, in the provincial election in Ontario, uh, again, a change mandate. They really, uh, the electorate really had enough of, of 15 years of the Liberal government and wanted to bring in uh, some change. And the interesting thing around this idea as well, uh, Jane, is that, you know, when the NDP as the official opposition has been asked about um uh, you know, uh, having a, a, a voting system in Ontario that would allow for voting on the weekends, they actually support this. You know, th- this is something that we could find, um, you know, support from, from both sides of the House. I think the Liberals would agree to this as well uh, in Ontario to have voting on uh, on the weekends. So it could be interesting. I mean, who knows? We could have this in, uh, perhaps tested out in a, in a by-election, uh, perhaps, that, that's mm-hmm. coming up. And, and then uh, implemented full time in, in the next general election, uh, you know, in uh, in uh, three and a half years. Changing how we vote. What do you think about what's being recommended? Some of the ideas that are floating around. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And we are going to head out to Prince Edward Island in just a minute or two to see why their voter turnout is at eighty percent. Very impressive for the province of Prince. Edward. Edward Island. First, let's go to Darko in Etobicoke. Hi, Darko. What's your idea, your reaction to this? Well, firstly, it's not democratic to force, force people to vote if they don't want to vote. I've never missed a vote in whatever, close to probably 30, 34 years. You can figure my age out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if the political parties, if you want to have people go out to vote for you, you know, maybe people are disillusioned because when they vote for you, you 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 go on your own agenda instead of what you campaigned on. That's probably one of the things. So there's a lot of disillusionment, right? So you know it's time that when you, when you do campaign, do what you say you're going to do, 
and govern for the people, right? But mm-hmm. whether you get 65% or 100%, if you want 35% of the population who, who's not engaged to cast a vote, you think you're going to get better government? Because I think, you know, we want government that represents the people and we want good government. What and do you think about the idea of voting electronically across the board? Because I know they have tried it out in some municipalities. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and you, you could see this happening where, you know, you're going to have sort of irregularities and people hacking the system. You know, I, I've always, you have, everybody had to go to a to a, a polling station to vote. We've done it, right? How much effort what is it? I mean, really, for me, I, I go there, I drive, I wait in line for five minutes or ten. We have a, we have a great like, election process. I, from what I've seen, I've never really had long, long waits. And, uh, you know, if that's such a little effort. You want to sit on your computer and, and uh, cast your vote that way. Maybe people will sell their votes more that way because you can't see their face or and they don't have their ID to identify themselves. Right? You can have a lot of problems, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, like to, to say that, oh, you want to you vote online, that's the solution. I, I think it's terrible. It's horrible. All right, Darko, thanks for your input. I Thank really you. appreciate it. Let's go to William in Toronto. William, what do you think about the way we vote now? Should it change? Should it stay the same? How should it evolve? Hello, Jane. Hi. I will tell you and answer all of your questions. Um, if it's not broken, do not fix it. It's just fine the way it is. Uh, we do not uh, need voting on the weekends. Everybody has to do their shopping and other things after working all weekend lo- after week all week long. Uh, we don't need to get children involved. We need to play hockey and baseball and go to school and have fun. Uh, no mandatory voting. Nobody's going to tell me what to do and what not to do. Enough government interference as it is. No more required. I don't care what they do in France or Italy or Australia. Yeah, this is Canada. No voting on the weekends. No electronic voting. It's too easily manipulated. So, therefore... If it's not broken, do not fix it. Okay, fair enough. Thanks for calling in, William. Have a good day. And keep the calls coming as to what the vote means to you. Uh, do you find it convenient? Do you generally arrive at your polling station with very little effort? Uh, we're talking about uh, student safety, children. It's a school day. Kids are in school. We're going to vote. Uh, the electoral officer is a little bit concerned about that. Uh, what are your thoughts about how we vote, why you vote, and and whether it's convenient or not, or if it that does doesn't even play into it for you. You go out there because you you believe that having that say, having that ballot will make a difference. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Aleem Kanji of Southern Corporation is with us, and we're going to head out to PEI right now as well. On the phone with us is Charlotte McCauley, a reporter with Eastern Graphic Montague, weekly newspaper based in Montague. Charlotte, how far is that from Charlottetown? Oh, it's about um, a half an hour's drive. Okay, and now tell us, we're all very impressed with your 80% voter turnout in Prince Edward Island. Can you explain why that's the case? Um, I think it's always been like that, and I think one of the main reasons might be the human connection, because the districts here are not huge, so people tend to know who they're voting for. Um, and the, um, the fact that there are so many opportunities to vote, there are, you know, several advanced polls and this, this go around, like there's an election today, 
uh, 36% of the population already voted in the advanced polls. And and they do have, I heard something there earlier speaking about having having polls in different places, and they do have that available, like for nursing homes and hospitals here, I believe. Charlotte, what is it about the people of Prince Edward Island that there's so, I mean, you, you mentioned about the human connection, but that they're so engaged in the political process? Yeah, it's almost like a sport, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they just, people always have been, and and that kind of goes all across all demographics, even though we, we tend to think that we have a an aging demographic here. Um, I was just looking up some stats, and um, in the last election, the 18 to 24-year-old, they, their voting average was 65%, so that's still pretty high. It is high compared to what we have here in Ontario, absolutely. And the older you are, the more likely you are to go out and vote. So the older people in, in Prince Edward Island must, I mean, for the most part, the number could be as high as 90%. Yeah, I think the highest um, on the stats from the 2015 election was 88%, and that was for the probably 75 to 85 age group. And in terms of accessibility, and when you are talking about older people and sometimes accessibility issues, uh, how is that addressed in Prince Edward Island? Um, I think, well, there's always, there's multiple people like candidates and, and their volunteers that, you know, will drive anybody to a poll that wants to drive, all they have to do is call. But mm-hmm. the actual polling stations for this year, um, it's in the Elections Act that, that they have to be um, accessible to people with disabilities. Now tell us what's going to be happening there today. You could have a, a big change in government. Yeah, we could. It could be, um, we could go green, it could go PC, and it, or it could be re- remain liberal. There's, there's really, um, a lot of up in the air this time around. The the Liberals and Wade McLaughlin have been in power since 2007. Is there uh, is there a sentiment that they've had enough time and it's time to give it over to another party? Yeah, that's been the tradition. It's um, there's never been a party that held it for that long for that many elections in a row. So. I don't know if you're aware, but we, we have our first, uh, in, in the election last June here in Ontario, the first Green Party representative, Mike Schreiner. He's the MPP for the city of Guelph. He's also Ontario's Green Party leader. So he made a breakthrough. Uh, what are the Greens saying in PEI that, uh, is, is, um, capturing people's attention? Um, I think change may be a big thing and maybe more, more civility amongst the politicians. Hmm. Well, we'll be watching and reporting on it tomorrow morning. Thank you for your time, Charlotte. Thank you. Charlotte McCauley with the Eastern Graphic Montague, a weekly newspaper in PEI. Aline Kanji, uh, when you uh, hear what Charlotte was saying there, uh, are you learning anything from that? Is there something we can take from what they're doing in PEI? It's it's interesting. I mean, the, the incredibly high voter turnout there particularly amongst the youth, I think uh, there are some lessons learned uh, in terms of, of, you know, trying to find out what is actually actually driving the vote. And, of course, we'll find out in the election tonight uh, out there in PEI if, if that will uh, uh, remain the same. Um, but, you know, the point that Charlotte made around um, hospitals and nursing homes, an opportunity that, that I suggested earlier in the show that I think would, would be uh, terrific to do uh, here with... Um, would really entice uh, uh, people to vote 
and exercise that vote. And I think that takes care of, um, you know, the the uh, older demographic that that traditionally comes out to vote and making it easier, more accessible. You know, having schools that 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 uh, have ample parking, uh, accessible parking. Um, you know, this sort of thing I think would continue to encourage people to come out uh, and vote, and certainly there will be more parking spots uh, in a school uh, if it's on the weekend uh, than on a weekday when uh, the principals and the teachers are, and parents, of course, are filling up the lot, dropping uh, kids off and that sort of thing. So it really, really becomes about accessibility, something that I think was highlighted in uh, the chief electoral officer's report here in Ontario. It seems to have been well-received. The government House leader, Todd Smith, said certainly the recommendations are appreciated. Uh, the opposition leader, uh, Andrea Horvath, the NDP leader, she says no problem. If it's about uh, children and safety, she would be open to moving it to a weekend. So it doesn't sound like there are too many obstacles at Queen's Park initially. This could be one of the first uh, things that we see, uh, you know, a unanimous agreement in uh, the provincial legislature around, which which is pretty interesting uh, when you when you think about it, uh, that it would revolve around um, uh, uh, you know accessible uh, voting and, and, and moving the date uh, to a weekend. Um, and it, I think it should be something that Ontarians uh, should be proud of if we move in that uh, in that direction. Um, you know what? I I get the last uh, callers uh, uh, you know thinking around uh, uh, the fact that kids have. Uh, fun to enjoy on the weekend and, 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 you know, hockey and, you know, all sorts of stuff to do. And I get, I get that, but I think this is an important part of um, uh, understanding the process, uh, understanding that uh, it's a, it's a privilege to vote. Look, my family came to this country uh, many years ago because of, uh, uh, you know, political persecution in, in uh, other parts of the world. And uh, it's a, it's a privilege to be in this country and they take that privilege very seriously uh, and exercise uh, their their right to vote. Uh, my family hasn't missed a vote, neither have I, in, in uh, you know forty plus years. So, making it more accessible, uh, I think, would uh, would encourage uh, uh, people to vote and hopefully get the uh, the voter turnout uh, numbers even higher than where they should uh, be today. Let's go back to the phones, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. We'll talk to an American. Okay. Chuck, in New York State, you want to weigh in on uh, voting and, and the repercussions of change? Yeah, I, I firmly believe that, you know, you, get, you you guys up there in Canada, you got a lot going on, and you got a great country, and it's perfect. Leave well enough alone, like the gentleman said before. You don't need to have mandatory voting. That's what you guys fought for. You fought for voting rights. Now you turn around and then you, you say, hey, you got to vote. You might as well just, you know, close the border and then go back to the medieval times and then have your dictators uh, turn around and start looking in your house and your back door and everything. I just don't think it's right. It sets a bad precedence for your country. And as far as everything else is concerned, it, it also then will bleed over into this country. I mean, do you guys, you know, you guys will start voting on, on a weekend. Next thing you know, it, you've got groups of people going, well, government's got to be open on Saturday and Sunday now. And next thing you know, it, you're going broke. <laughs> I just think it's a bad situ- It's a bad thing. Leave it alone. Your, your country's doing fine the way it is. And I think the people, a lot of people will agree. There's, there's no need to, to have weekend voting. Let the people just enjoy their All weekend. Right. Because Monday <laughs> through Friday is, is already hectic for them enough. All you right, Chuck. Worried about voting? Okay, appreciate your uh, comments and opinions, Aleem. You've struck a nerve there with the mandatory <laughs> voting. <laughs> I, 
I love hearing from our American friends. Yes. And, you know, Chuck, uh, I got to say this, uh, for Canada to be able to influence the United States uh, on any policy, I, I think would be uh, phenomenal for our country. And in terms of, you know, government services on the weekend, I mean, Chuck should remind himself that the Postal Service in the United States of America operates on the weekend. It does. There's mail delivery on Saturdays, yes. And and we don't get mail delivery on the weekend no. here in, in, uh, in Canada. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't look to that as, as uh, uh, you know, something that, that, that would be untoward. But here's the reality. Getting more people out to vote is, isn't going to hurt. I mean, people live busy lives, and that's exactly why you want to have it on the weekend. And that's exactly why you want to have electronic voting and, and more accessible voting uh, to ensure that, that, that more people do come out uh, to vote. And, you know, having a, a system in place, it might sound draconian, but governments are struggling for revenues. We're seeing this in the building of our infrastructure, our roads, our education, our healthcare system. And uh, to impose a, a, a fine uh, would uh, be a great revenue source uh, for people for governments to provide the services to the people. And I think it's something that uh, should be considered when we reach a point where it is fully accessible to vote, that would include electronic voting. Um, okay. it, it would be a great uh, great way to raise raise money and pay for services and, uh, you know, give boneheads, uh, uh, you know, uh, a fine that, that say, hey, you know what, I don't want to do it. Uh, I, I, it could be challenged, uh, but... Uh, in the courts, but I think it's worth uh, worth the risk. Okay, let's go to Steve in Brampton. I think this will be our last call on this topic. And if you didn't get through, uh, please call in on Free for All Friday if you want to continue discussing how we vote. Should voting change in this country? Steve, what do you think about uh, what Aleem is saying about mandatory voting and also what's being recommended about moving it to the weekends? Well, uh, I... Uh I, I think it would be wonderful if we had 100% turnout, but I am dead against mandatory voting. I, I'm 68. I've never missed a vote since I became eligible at any level of government. But I know, I know a lot of people who are passionate about it, and I know almost as many people who couldn't care less. And if you force those people into a voting booth, first of all, they'd be annoyed. And then they'd probably just toss a coin and wouldn't even know who they were voting for. I'm actually more concerned about the 58% that go into a voting booth and how much do they know? Because in government today, we, it's, we, it's always about money. Have you ever heard a group go to the government or a union or anybody and say, hey, we got enough money, thanks. In fact, we'll give you some back. I mean, look what's happening in Ontario now. So I would like everyone to understand. I, I would like to see a voter have to be qualified and I'm not saying they have to take an economics 101 course, but they should be able to demonstrate some modest level of, of, of financial literacy before they get a voting card. Because then, once you understand what that deficit, all, everything is, you can still vote for it, but at least you'd have some understanding of what you're voting for and the consequences. So when you get a Bernie Sanders or, an, or a Horvath talking free, 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 you know that it's not, not, not. Okay, and that is your opinion, uh, which we appreciate. Steve, yeah. thank you for calling in. Uh, we, in, in the same way with the call-in shows, we appreciate informed and researched callers as well. Um, Aleem, I'm thinking that maybe it might be worth a shot. Uh, just your final comments about uh, moving the election, uh, the next provincial election to a weekend. Maybe we give it a try and see how it goes. I think we do, Jane, and I think... Uh, 
uh, you know, if there are any forthcoming by-elections uh, uh, in Ontario, it would be a great way to test uh, the waters uh, and to allow, uh, um, you know, individuals to vote. And I, I predict that we will see a higher voter turnout on a Saturday or Sunday as they do uh, in many of those countries I mentioned earlier on, on the show uh, where they have voting on uh, the weekend. But I, I want to leave folks with, with this final comment, if I can, sure. uh, on this issue. I don't feel that, uh, you know, people really have earned the right to complain about the system, about the deficit or the taxes or uh, the bad roads or the great hospitals or what have you, if they don't exercise that privilege and that, that right to, to vote. And oftentimes, certainly in, in uh, the circle of people that, that I, I seem to, to hang out with, a lot of people love to complain, but it's those same people that don't come out to vote. And you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's just, it, 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 you can't do that. And so having more accessible voting, having mandatory voting, having electronic voting, I think will, uh, will uh, uh, you know, legitimize uh, those concerns of those, those people uh, complaining, because uh, it should be mandatory to vote uh, in this uh, country that we're all privileged to call home. We'll leave it there. Aleem, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Great being with you, Jane. Bye for now. Aleem Kanji, VP of Government Relations at Sutherland Corporation. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.